commence primary ignition. Talk about some things a little offbeat, off the beaten path, but I think we're gonna have a good time. Chris, destroy, are you ready to have a good time? Destroy your computer if you like pure X Wing content. Pour soda on your keyboard if you don't don't do that. Yeah, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> like in, like in podcast. He's not legally responsible for any keyboard spills. Like in Godzilla King of the was it no no. Like in Godzilla versus King Kong, where it's like, how are we going to beat this Mecha Godzilla? And then the Enola Holmes Stranger Things Eleven lady just pour some soda on the big, massive computer there, and then that's what helps to beat Mecha Godzilla. Chris, yes, I had to mention that because it pisses me off, and there's a stupid part in that movie. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Pour the pour on the computer." You just, you just fucking spoiled. The only movie brave enough to take us to hollow earth. <laughs> Horrible. Oh yeah, that is Godzilla a versus movie. Kong. That, yeah, that, that's, that's it's that's not a... the marketing did not reveal that Mecha Godzilla was involved at all in that movie. <laughs> oh, it kind of did. Kind of did. It no, was red that, eyes when, when the when the people going down the subway, like people broke it down, like the trailers. Oh, they sure, broke yeah, it down. Okay, yeah. Oh people, my god! Still with their YouTube, yeah, oh pretty bad. God. Actually, you, so you didn't wait, wait, wait. Let's start off with that. You didn't like uh, Godzilla vs Kong, or you just didn't like that part? No, I didn't like Godzilla vs Kong much at all. It had uh, three action scenes, which was cool, but it was pretty. I thought it was very weak. Very weak. How, how did you feel about? Uh, the others in this current run of Kong slash Godzilla movies loved King of the Monsters Godzilla. That was okay. great times at that. Yes, I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, pretty much all of them. Honestly, 2014 Godzilla Skull Island and uh, King of the Monsters. Yeah, I'm all uh, very favorable for all of them, and I, I liked uh, Godzilla vs Kong. Skull when Island's God's- pretty whack. When Godzilla vs. Kong came out, my dad texted me about it like every day. Just like, we're going to watch it. We're going to, one day, we're going to watch this movie. This is the movie as like a bit. And then when I was home for Christmas, we, we, we rented it and he <laughs> fell asleep four minutes in <laughs> and Aww. missed the whole movie. Um, That's so, an unbelievable dad move. Yeah. That's, I can only dream, I can only dream to do that to my children. The commitment to the bit is, is out of control, frankly. <laughs> That is fun, though. But yes, what are we doing on this episode, Pete? Well, Chris, you had the great idea of uh, just talking about sci-fi, I believe, was the... uh, Yeah, sci-fi movies. Science fiction. We can talk about other stuff, though. We're definitely also going to talk about Star Wars a little bit. Of course. Uh, Because I'm ready. I'm ready to argue best star wars movie with both of you i'm ready to throw down fucking to slap you across the face with a glove or whatever and get into it do like the uh what is that the fajita slap something like that that's very popular right now excuse me sam you know what i'm talking about the fajita this, slap there's no <laughs> you know, way sam chris chris if, if i if i if i did know what you were talking about i would pretend i didn't to watch you drown <laughs> 
on this, but I really don't. So, so they Please have. Tell me what you think it is. So, so I don't know. It might not be a fajita. Maybe it, yeah. No, I think it is a fajita, but um, like the the the, the tortilla thing, the, the soft thing that you put all the meat in. What so, is, oh, here we go. All right, keep going. So you you have. Like you have, uh, they do like the rock paper scissors. You're oh, looking at I, each I, other. I do, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. I think it's tortilla. I don't think it's fajita. It's, it's oh, tortilla. that's what yep. it is. The yeah. tortilla. Yeah, I'm Gosh. looking at Parade Magazine. Watch Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart hilariously attempt a viral tortilla slap TikTok challenge. Yes. The fun just never ends with these two, says Yasmin Coleman. I watched that. That was great. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> I love that he's he's blurbing like a TikTok. Like he's like it's like Chris, you should host like a Siskel and Ebert type thing for TikTok. That would be so good. The Gene, I found slap. this TikTok derivative. <laughs> I give it a five uh, tortillas out of ten. So two thumbs down. If I, yeah. So what? What the fuck is the tortilla? So, so you're gonna slap me with a tortilla? Oh, so you still don't know what it is? So, so I don't know. No. Okay. So, long story short, two people will have this competition. One wins, of course, and they will put water in their mouth, full, full, till the mouth is full, holding it in their mouth. They have each have a tortilla, and they do rock paper scissors with the other hand, and whoever wins slaps the other person as hard as possible in the face with the tortilla. And then you're trying to hold the water in. So sometimes they laugh. The, the water spits out. It's pretty. It's pretty funny what what people ha- what happens with people. Chris, I am frequently disappointed with the state of the world. I'm just open <laughs> with that. But I think I think the kids are going to be all right. I think, I think we're okay. They, they're going to survive with the tortillas challenge. Well, Sam's going to bring be, it to they'll Michigan. Be nourished with tortillas. <laughs> they had a horribly funny, funny one where this it looks like this guy is doing it with his, his daughter who's like a teenager or something and she's holding in the water and then he 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 slaps her i think but i know she slaps him and he's like trying to hold it in and he spits out the water and uh then she spits out the water and she's trying not to and she bends over and she's laughing and she farts and they were like whoa <laughs> like the on camera it was pretty funny is there is there meant to be nearby like taco fixins so that after after the tortilla slap challenge is completed you can have a taco? No, we could always add the sneaky Pete uh, tortilla plus challenge. There you go. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Sneaky Pete's discount tortilla plus uh, <laughs> factory. God, that sounds that sounds awful. Why did you even bring this up? Why did you? Tortilla I don't know. Slap you- me? You, oh you, yeah, because because we're gonna have a tortilla slap over which Star Wars movie is best. Oh yes, and um, and I'll be right. Start with Star Wars. We can start with our stuff. Is there a current? No, favorite? Star Wars. Star Wars. You want start with Star Wars? The wars? You peak with wars? Oh no, no. I'm just mean um with the Star Wars. I guess question. I guess or I don't know. You guys. Well, about it. All right, you ready for the Star Wars question of the week? I got the question. You ready? Oh, you have one. Oh, okay, yeah. good. What is your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh gosh, so we are going there. <laughs> How did you not see this coming? We talked about it in the pre-show. Um, I, I'm going with the probably the most common answer, but I'm going with the Empire Strikes Back. Wrong. Um, even though, like I would say, 
The Last Jedi is probably right behind it. Also wrong. Empire Strikes Back has the romance building and then it happens between Leia, between Han. It has different, so many different cool backgrounds. It has a lightsaber fight. It has, this is one of my favorite parts. Darth Vader comes out, faces Luke. Watch the first time he faces him. He's pretty chill. He's calm. He's like, oh, yeah, maybe you're not as good. Then the second time he's a little angrier. He's messing around with him, throwing these big things at him. Now, this is the part that I love. The third time he comes out to fight him, he is furious. And he even used the camera angle to make Luke, Luke look even smaller. Vader is going bigger. Vader is swinging angrily. He's breathing faster. That's some badass stuff in The Empire Strikes Back. Keep, and keep at, an eye on that, guys, when you watch at, it. At what point did they drop Coke on a keyboard to kill Godzilla? I'm confused. So I wasn't listening very closely. Oh. So that was the end of Empire Strikes Back after... After Luke gets picked up by the Millennium Falcon, he spills a Coke on the Millennium Falcon's <laughs> hyperdrive. No, R2-D2 does. That's how oh, he gets the motivator fixed. R2-D2 would save the day. Uh, yeah. But that part is great in Empire. Like with Which Vader. I mean, you watch the different times. There's three battles where Vader comes out. And then you also have the big I am your father thing. Spoiler alert. And but like, wow, like the third time Vader comes out to fight, he is furious. He's breathing fast. He is swinging everywhere. I'm telling you, this like if you watch the cinema, there's like this. It's just awesome how it builds up the fight. But yeah, go ahead. That was that's a good defense. Uh, Sam, you have a favorite Star Wars movie? Cloud City, too. Come on. I think it's Last Jedi. Oh, expand on that. I so rewatched cool. New Hope recently, and it it kind of. I'm I'm preempting your answer. I know what it is. It kind of listen, it kind of listen, you dirty bastard. No, you it kind of you can't use knocked, outside knowledge of me. It kind of knocked. Yeah, I know more about you than you're willing to. It knocked the original <laughs> trilogy. Uh, listen, Empire is is great, but I think if I was just going to throw one of them on that I really just love to watch, be Last Jedi. Love Ray. Love Kylo. Oh, Crazy okay. kids. Hey, that's a different. That's a different framing of the question. Yeah, but you said favorite. If if the yeah, question yeah, was yeah, yeah. was best, I'd probably say Empire because there's some stuff in Last Jedi that is that is weird. But I I have become more fond of the weirdness as time yeah. goes on because I find it idiosyncratic and and familiar and uh, and thus I don't it doesn't dire- I know I I talk to some people yeah we don't have to go into the divisiveness but you know people really get derailed by like small things in my yeah, mind it's huge and it's, it's huge. like but, what, uh, but let yeah, me ask man. you something real quick uh sam yeah, do, yeah. now is it because do you think because what you're saying is i feel the same way i actually watch and put on the last jedi more than any other star wars movie at the moment mm-hmm. um i put on rogue squadron pretty pretty often also but i put tlj on a lot one, right Rogue One, yeah, Rogue One. Sorry, um, but is it because you think it's fresher, quote unquote, as in like Empire came out in eighties, whatever, seventy nine, maybe? Um, no, eighties, I think. But anyway, and then the TLJ came out just like a few or several years ago. Do you think that's one of the reasons why you watch it more often? Uh, yeah, because well, this came up the other day because I watched the great industrial light and magic documentary on disney plus oh i really want to watch that oh i didn't see that last and you know a lot of it's about you know the company was founded to create the original star wars movie so you really learn about the process of making the movie and then it you know it builds up it actually doesn't cover the sequel trilogy at all which was 
actually the only thing I didn't like about the documentary because I felt like mm. there was that would have been stuff to talk about because they brought back a lot of the original people for the Force Awakens. Do they do they cover the prequel trilogy? Yes, but also not to an extent that okay. I mean certainly not to the extent that the behind the scenes for the prequel trilogy DVDs, which are extensive. Yes. Um, the, I've the, watched the Phantom Menace behind the scenes. Yeah, the prequel trilogy behind the scenes stuff, which anyone should watch because it's fascinating, does not sugarcoat anything the way the Disney behind oh. the scenes stuff does. But interestingly, you when you have in the Light and Magic, they talk to John Knoll. Shout out to Ann Arbor boy, who was <laughs> you know supervisor for the special effects on the prequels, and you know joined ILM, I guess, after Return of the Jedi, and he kind of disavows the prequels in the documentary. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he basically is like, yeah, George, I would tell George that something wasn't a good idea and that would, you know, he'd just say, I'll right, we'll figure it out. You know? And so it's like, <laughs> um, anyway, but to make a long story short, I rewatched a new hope and force awakens. Those are the last most recent Star Wars movies I've watched in light of that documentary. And I kind of had this weird dissociative, experience watching a new hope where I kind of for the first time in my life was able to watch it for, for the first time since I was like three, watch it outside the context of empire strikes back where I just imagined myself seeing this as a movie as an adult that doesn't have this amazing sequel that. Yeah. Okay. And I kind of, it just kind of seemed like, you know, simpler and hokier and i was kind of watching for the special effects which is kind of hard to do with the special editions yeah. but um so yeah I, I didn't you know i didn't have the total rose tinted glasses view of it mm-hmm. um it's it's i'm not gonna knock star wars it's obviously the i'm here doing a podcast about a board game based on star wars so clearly it's a movie that's influenced my life but right i think just pound for pound like yeah i think chris is right that so i i, I mean i i I'm whoa, a guy whoa. who loves who CGI. I, I think you know Chris and I always agree about movies. I, I love, <laughs> I love CGI like, and I and I hate the way it's like, uh, people like just think CGI ruins movies. Very simplistic. Um, because I was rewatching no, The Force I, Awakens I, I, and I was I was thinking how good the Millennium Falcon looked. All the CG I shots. Say it's bad bad CGI definitely takes away from a movie, especially today. Mm-hmm. Today you can tell when a CGI movie is like done cheaply. And they don't give the visual effects artists the time and like financial backing and like support to make great art. Like you can tell in a, in a finished product. Um, but I, again, I, I would definitely say that the uh, sequel trilogy did provide them the resources and the money to, you know, do it appropriately. Right. Yeah. So and I really, you get really good CGI and, and honestly prequel trilogy has aged poorly especially like phantom menace but at the time it was groundbreaking and it was not a lack of uh time given to that that allowed you know that was like why it's aged poorly it's just lack of uh, technology as a side note um, i will disagree yeah. with you a little bit i think phantom okay. menace has maybe aged the best of the three from an effects standpoint because they right. were still limited by what they could do because they hadn't developed a digital camera yet so mm. A lot of the computer effects, because they had to make them look good in the film camera, like they just look more natural. But then starting in clones, because everything's digital, George just thinks I can do everything digitally. So there's no restraint and there's no attempt to make it work in the camera. And so my, you get- My problem, my Phantom Menace problem, the thing that stands out to me the most is that 
the droids and like the Gungans are all like two or three shades lighter in every scene they're in than the rest of the, it's like weird blue screen almost. Yeah. Well, the, the textures aren't very good. Um, or I mean, they're not, you know, they're just old and then. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, they're not bad. They're just aged. You know, the Gungan battle is the thing that really looks bad. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. But but, but it's like battle droids on the donut ship in the beginning. That stuff actually holds up really well. They seem okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, Droidicas, no. especially I think in that in that opening scene, look really great. Uh, I want to hear Pete's answer, but then just keep in mind, I have a great quick side question when you're done. Sure. Now, spoil my answer's already been spoiled because Sam knows me so well that my um, my favorite move, my favorite Star Wars movie, is Star Wars. Right? It just is a New Hope. Right? A New Hope. And I. Part of the fact is that, like, so, like, I would not say so. None of us, uh, Chris, maybe notwithstanding, Chris, what year were you born? Um, Did you see Star Wars in the theater? Um, my mother says she took me. I don't remember. Okay, but yeah, yeah. Well, so a friend of mine I used to work at uh, at the old job with. He he was just old enough that he was like five years old when he saw Star Wars the first time in the theater in seventy seven. Right. So, and you know. I don't think you guys are the same age. Obviously you're younger than he is, but like, you know, he's not an old dude to me. And, you know, so I always, I thought you guys might be similar ish. So I wasn't sure, but, um, but I did not see star Wars growing up until the special edition came out. And my dad took me to the movie theater to see it. So I had never heard of star Wars. And then in 1997, we went to the movie theater and I saw Star Wars, right? And it like fucking destroyed my mind. I was nine <laughs> years old. Um, and I was like immediately hooked and obsessed, right? So like, Sam, to your point, like I, I definitely don't watch A New Hope with, uh, with rose-tinted glasses off. They are firmly affixed to my face, right? <laughs> like, and I am, I am 100% back in that movie theater next to my dad, you know, who passed away several years ago so it's like this like there's a lot of like a big emotional connection i have to like seeing that movie that definitely influences my my decision to name it like my favorite right um but it's and it's the template so it's like hard to knock the template it's like being like the odyssey sucks you know it's like (laughs) yeah well the the other thing is like uh about the about the effects conversation because they were still learning to do so many of the things they did in star Wars, there was, uh, how do I phrase this properly? There's like a limitation in like what they go for that I think aids the movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like comparatively the death star battle, even compared to two movies later, even compared to the uh, death star two battle, the death star one battle is simpler. Like the battle of Yavin is like a simpler shot uh, like set of effects and it just it really it lets you imagine more and it lets you like see more almost right because you have more just steady straight on shots of like ships slowly waving uh, as they go over the thing and uh, you know stuff blowing up nicely right um, sorry about that that's you, outside you, I should close the window go ahead oh. keep going so you were putting on Star Wars to like check my math. No, I'll close the window. <laughs> like, oh, let me look at this battle right now. Let me load it up. Battle of Yavin right now. Uh, yeah. So like, and 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 things like um, I love uh, the old uh, the old special edition VHS had a second VHS where it was kind of a behind the scene, a little bit of behind the scenes thing. 
uh, where they would talk about all kinds of stuff like, you know, the speeder, you know, they like put Vaseline over the lens so you wouldn't see the wheels. Right. Um, like little tricks like that. And I always thought that was so cool. And I, I don't like, I don't like, it doesn't stand out to me as like uh poorly aged special effects. They stand out to me just as like really, uh, they, they still, they still like inspire awe in me, but it's it, a huge part of that is nostalgia. Like I will they, def- freely admit. They still, to this day, I mean, they still haven't some of, well, I mean, the sound effects, what they did to make the, the sounds for all these different things, like that was beyond amazing. And t- today they still haven't like uh matched that some movies. So, I mean, God bless, you know, there's nothing wrong. You with know, the you know, the, where the, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, lightsaber ignition sound is right you know what the original sound is i forgot i used to know it's, all of this stuff but i forgot it's george lucas farting into a glass bottle sped up ten thousand times no <laughs> <laughs> like oh cool uh, <laughs> 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 uh alec guinness yeah, was furious <laughs> he was the guy who hated star wars so fucking much um <laughs> I will say uh, I when it comes to like the Star Wars movie I put on the most as as a way to think of this question, I definitely I put on Revenge of the Sith a lot. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, I like kidding me. No, it's good. Uh, you watch it recently. It's pretty good. Um, I, I, I fast forward a lot of it because it's so nah, garbagey. I just fucking get into it. I love it. Um, I'll, I'll Revenge of the Sith is good, and Last Jedi is good, too. Uh, well, Sam Sam will defend Revenge of the Sith. He, he's a fellow Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. Well, Revenge of the Sith and Last Jedi. There are a lot of people who like both of those movies. There's a lot of people who who now pretend that they've always loved Revenge of the Sith so that they can hate on Last Jedi. But I, I skipped. Uh, That's I skipped a good school. point. Uh, my buddy, Rob, shout out to my friend Rob. Rob and I skipped school in high school to play the video game version of Revenge of the Sith the day it came out. <laughs> we co opted the whole game. Let me ask you guys this. What was the best lightsaber fighting scene? Or you could say your favorite, either or. If you want, you can throw the animation in, but try to. I would like to hear your movie one as well. Like lightsaber battle? Uh, yeah, lightsaber, lightsaber like fight duel. scene. Yeah. I. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to. If I can. Okay, I'm going to pick two real quick. I really mm-hmm. like the Yoda Palpatine one. No way. Oh, Palpatine one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The Yoda, not the Yoda Dooku one. Mm. I mean, that, that one's fine, but I like the Yoda Palpatine one is cool. One, because you get smug Yoda right at the beginning, which I'm super into. Mm-hmm. Um, where he just like ices the two royal guards and then he's like, oh, running away. He's like, don't be a bitch, Palpatine. And they fight and that's sick. Um, I also really like. Uh, don't be a bitch, Palpatine. <laughs> Yeah, I I also really like in Force Awakens when uh, Kylo and Rey fight in the snow. That's a very like visceral scene where he's like punching his leg and they're just they're swinging heavy at each other. Like it's emotional. Swords. Yeah, yeah. I'm into I'm into that. There's who has who gets dibs on the the saying the Last Jedi throne room scene is their favorite. Ah. <sighs> The, oh well, it's funny. I, I could let Sam. You want to jump in, or you want me to jump in? I like the Rise of Skywalker one, actually. Oh <laughs> no! I, oh, the one, the one, the one on the wreckage of the Death Star. Yes, on with the water. Ray and Kylo. Yeah, I, Ray and Kylo. I like it, right I like before it for, Kylo I like it for two reasons, which is that um, 
the you know the prequel lightsaber scenes i have mixed feelings about you know they're very dancey you know they're very like they're over choreographed and you know this the ray kylo fight in rise of skywalker is um kind of an extension of their conversation where ray's just like whacking at him and kylo's just parrying and trying to be like stop please stop and uh so there's like there's more characterization in that fight than i think in a lot of them and then also, they, they don't do music right away. I like that they just do the sound, like the hissing for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, I don't want to disdo all the fates, but some of the lightsaber music is very melodramatic. Um, Rise of Skywalker has a lot going for it visually. Um, so much so that, like, I give you that. One of my favorite, one of maybe my most watched videos on YouTube still, even post seeing the movie and not really liking the movie that much, is the Rise of Skywalker, like, final trailer. Uh, it's just super, it was super good use of the theme of, like, just the main Star Wars theme. And there's, like, an edit to it, too. Like, it's, it's um, what do they call it? An arrangement. It's an arrangement of that theme. And it's just all those scenes cut together are just so nice. And you get really good uh, Mark Hamill voiceover you know about like the destiny of the jedi and it's like it's good shit it's a really trailer, good trailer the trailers, trailers. Are great. jj abrams knows what to do with the trailers too he's fantastic with that i, I know you, i think unless you said and i apologize you said there was two that you had beat yeah no, well, I, I had uh force awakens ray kylo and i had uh yoda and sidious oh yoda and sidious so yeah. force awakens with ray oh yeah because you said so i find it interesting both you picked two that have kind of like a little emotional gravitas to it, you know, which I didn't, I didn't do that at well, all. Well, because I'm, it's, it's not like it's because it's a whole package. If I wanted to just watch like a visual flair, I could watch a scene out of context. But I like those both of those scenes in context. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's the <laughs> it's between two, but uh, well, it's 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 yeah, these two are my favorite. But if I named one, I I just love the Phantom Menace one, man, with. That that's this like is, the with Darth Maul. Insert, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where we insert that Dave Filoni clip where he talks about. He's like, "Well, the song is Duel of the Fates, but they're actually dueling for." <sighs> <You know. laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't know I'd get a big sigh, Sam, but I thought yes, I'd get a reaction. That's uh, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know we we, we got to do something about <laughs> what 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 an exhausting day on the internet that was. When people were like, oh, my God, Dave Filoni understands Star Wars the best. And I'm like, he understands Star Wars the best by watching the movie? (laughs) Also, also just like, he's like, George, explain this to me. It's like, well, sorry, Dave. Most of us didn't like get to talk to the director after the movie to figure out <laughs> the the like subtext that's not even in the movie, you know? Oh, yeah, but 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 what he spent so much time like talking about is the text of the movie, I guess. But also, like, you know, in a better movie, that would have been more obvious. Like, like here's my punch up for Phantom Menace. It's entirely based on what Dave Filoni said. On Tatooine, Darth Maul kidnaps Anakin. There you go. Now it's yeah, now it's a go. real duel of the fates, you know. Right. Know. Now you're dueling, yeah. It sounded well, that's a great uh score, but um it's just I mean, he number one, he looks so evil. Number two is the the double saver, and then like I just lo- and I know it's not a long clip, but I love that part. Like right after he kills Qui Gon, he uh <laughs> 
the the, the shield opens like Obi-Wan's like getting pumped like as if you go to like the gym he's jumping up a little bit and that is just super fast and then he does that backwards block with the saber then forward I love that stuff man the shield the shield thing the the shield gate thing is great yeah and it's like I I really like the uh go ahead Sam no I was just gonna say it's 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 one of the best Star Wars movements ever and it's in one of the worst Star Wars movies ever yeah that's a good point. <laughs> I I really liked um, the start of that fight too when they're fir- first fighting in the doorway and they're both just going like the choreography there is is you you were saying Chris that some of the uh, one of you were saying some of the prequels are very dancey right some mm-hmm. are very, very over choreographed um, I don't find that to be the case at least with the opening of the Phantom Menace uh, Duel of the Fates. They are like they. It's very tightly choreographed, but like yeah, it's it's you, good, it's good dance choreography. I should clarify, right? You can, but you can you can grok all the moves. Like you can watch, you can see the body's motion and understand logically how they would make that choice, albeit like a very fast choice they have to make to like duel in that way. But to move so quickly, like you can like see it. Whereas like later in later ones, like sometimes they'll do things and it's like, why that seems almost inhuman the way they're moving and not inhuman. Like, Oh my God, he's so fast, but inhuman and like uh, people don't move that way. Like people don't, that's not a thing. Right. It's not an efficient way to blow. Right. Yeah. Well, now we've got the thing in, in star Wars, I guess they've had it for Kylo Ren and now the Mandalorian where the lightsaber's like heavy, like as a, as yeah. a choreographing yeah, tool, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. they swing well, it because it's heavy. That's very, um, Empire Strikes Back. Those are, that's very, yeah, yeah. the Luke way they fight is very broadsword style. Yeah. Right. They swing in like big medieval sword versus, versus a much faster pace, which like, you know, if you think about it, like in, in world logic, it should be faster pace because there should weigh nothing right um well the dark saber, yeah, the, the dark if you don't like, if you don't believe like, in it or something if you're not the uh if you're, not the you're going by mando, mando commando outside of the dark saber you're going by is the ahsoka saber scenes does she seem like she's holding that pretty heavy or no oh no well, like no, the rosario dawson quick. stuff it's yeah she's still very fast She's got the yeah. Shoto lightsabers. They're meant to be like the samurai yeah. uh, inspired ones. Well, so the heaviness and, just comes with the dark saber, then. Which well, is the, the, the the dark saber there's a as well. The dark saber there's a there's an in universe explanation for like yeah. why the dark saber feels heavy. Not mm-hmm. sure what it is, but there is one. And then, but there is one, yeah. And then in, in Kylo's, just like his lightsaber is literally meant to look like a sword, so it's more of a stylistic choice to swing right. it like one. Well, in uh, in Kenobi though, they also have more deliberate strikes. It's less fast. Well, Kenobi stinks. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Counterpoint: You stink. <laughs> the defense rests. <laughs> I tried rewatching it the other day, and I, I like it, but then I noticed I was fast forwarding some parts. I was like, "Ah, oh, damn it!" That's, that's a problem, Chris. Don't rewatch things. No, why? Just, I have just, to just watch things, things, enjoy them, and then never let them disappoint you. <laughs> I've rewatched Top Gun like 50,000 times. Let me tell you a cool scene. How about one of the. Uh, I Your think... favorite sci fi movie is Top Gun. Keep going. No, no. Um, this, this just might just be a Star Wars episode. Maybe we'll do another one with we're the sci fi. We're not going to get out um, of the Star Wars question portion of the show. But um, there is, I mean, I love in the last season of Clone Wars, and this is not necessarily a lightsaber scene, I think. I don't know. It's not. But. 
when whoa, Darth. Whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We haven't seen I Clone am, Wars. I'm literally watching the no, final never mind. season of Clone never Wars mind. right now. Can't say it. Can't oh, say it. but nope. if you guys have both seen it, let me tell you. No. Yeah, I'm not saying. I I just got into the episode, so like season seven of Clone Wars opens kind of with that weird like Ahsoka meets up with the the sisters and they do like a crime thing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The cool girls, yeah. Yeah, the cool girls. They do kind of they do some crimes, and then you know everything works out in the end. It's like a four episode arc, though. Are they um, called the cool girls in the show? No, <laughs> I don't know what to call them. I think, I think cool her name. Girl. The one's name is Trace. Uh, I, I you know I haven't yeah. seen any of this, but I know what you're talking about is like the the Pikes stuff. Yeah, well, you Pikes haven't stuff, seen which, it either, Sam. Which what? which I will say. Uh, it's getting me kind of interested in Pikes and Legion. Let me well, tell that's you. that's I why I know that. about these episodes because I've been watching them without context to study the Pike look for my painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Pikes are cool now, uh, but but then then there is an episode that starts with like a title crawl, right? That is like, and it, and it begins these episodes that the the shtick of season seven is it runs concurrently to Return of the Jedi. No, sorry, to Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm in these episodes now, and I felt some feelings. Like Ahsoka, Ahsoka gets back with the clones, and they like painted their helmets to the Ahsoka style. Yeah, and, like, and they keep calling her Commander, and then she's like, "Oh, You're I'm not the commander anymore." And 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 she's like, she's like, "Hell no." They're like, hell no, Ahsoka, you're the fucking bomb.com. We love you. Um, yeah, it, man, it felt feelings. And then they uh, then they go fight on Mandalore, and that's sick. Mm-hmm. So you're um, really close to the last episode. Well, the ending, I should say. I'm pretty close, yeah. I'm just not there yet. I only watch it at, uh, at the gym on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's when I watch Clone Wars. only watch it when I'm benching 7,000 pounds. No, I only watch it when I'm slowly walking at 2.3 miles per hour for a prescribed 25 to 30 minutes plus five minute cooldown. <laughs> there you go. That's how my, George intended it to be viewed. Mm-hmm. On my on my iPhone Mini <laughs> screen, it's like Damn, tiny, old school. Yeah. But no, it's a new school. I won't mention the scene then. I'll wait till you finish watching it. All right, I'm almost done. But uh, but yeah, Clone Wars is Clone Wars. Uh, on on the whole, I think I like I think I like Clone Wars, despite my Dave Filoni slander. Um, yeah, yeah, Dave's all right with I, me. Yeah, I just yeah, I just I, uh, it, it bums me out that he's like. I just want a sequel, Dave Filoni. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, the fact that he is like the uh, it also was like a little bit. He's like the Star Wars saint, like he can do no wrong in yeah. like super fan's eye. And I'm like, that is not the way to look to like, to, that's not the way to consider creative works. And it's not the way to consider a creator, right? Like he is a wonderful creative talent. He absolutely is passionate about Star Wars. And to your point, Sam, he's way more passionate about that prequel era, right? Um, because like Clone Wars, this is baby, right? And like, but he's got his favorite characters, and like, you know, Ahsoka is a great character, but, you know, sometimes you get a little, a lot, a lot of Ahsoka there because he really fucking loves Ahsoka. Mm, Ahsoka is really a, a, a good female character. I like Rey. No, they're, they're both good. 
all it's it's, all it's just like apples to bowling balls here <laughs> right yeah yeah they're like oh you know we didn't we get any time to establish ourselves with ray i'm like you don't get any fucking time to establish ourselves with luke either they're like uh ray was too good at stuff right away and i'm like luke faced down darth vader like 15 minutes after learning about the force right <laughs> yeah it's all silly <laughs> fucking held his own no problem yeah get real just because just because ray didn't spend <laughs> the first hour of the movie bitching and moaning about going to the gas station for a fucking empanada doesn't mean uh she's less than luke right, chris star trek Sorry, shows rank them oh we're talking trek <laughs> <laughs> let me let me get my controversial Trek opinions out of the way first. All right, go, go for it. I, I I rewatched Chris. Buckle up. I rewatched something. I rewatched Star Trek Into Darkness. The and movie. Okay. I think I like it, guys. I think I like the Kelvin timeline, and I haven't seen Beyond yet. But uh, but a source, a Star Trek source I trust, says it's good. Beyond, it wasn't a ho- it wasn't awful, but people like Beyond as a repudiation of Into Darkness. So, yeah, uh, the same source also uh, said Into Darkness was good, and I was right. So I feel I, like uh, I, I liked good. Into Darkness when it came out, but I didn't know anything about yes. Star Trek. And now that I am a Star Trek fan, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mike. Drop right there. People that are that are fans. Unlike Pete, who doesn't know what he's talking about, people that are fans that watch Into Darkness and know the lore of Khan will not like Into Darkness. Hang on. But the lore of Khan doesn't exist in the Kelvin timeline. It's different lore. It's a different the time. It's been shifted. Different timeline. It's Khan. First of all, we shouldn't have done it. First of all, recasting iconic character as a white guy. Can't do that. Yes, that's true. Secondly, I, it's not the lore that I object to. It's because I don't really care if they, you know, reset the canon in their own little sandbox. But, um, you know, this it, it isn't even an into darkness complaint. It's just like I feel like a lot of the Star Trek movies, even the, you know, non JJ prime timeline. Yeah, even the prime timeline are just like a very un Star Trek and an attempt to be cinematic. Like, there's no confidence that a truly trekky story can survive on the big screen, which with the exception of the motion I mean, picture. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause that, I mean, that's first contact also had those criticisms, right? It was too actiony. Yeah. It's, it's not even, yeah, it's not even just that it's too actiony. It's, um, yeah, there's a certain like, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna contradict this by talking about Deep Space Nine, but there's a certain like you know yeah. optimism, pro-humanist approach that I feel like there's got to be a baseline, and also just you know like to me the human Vulcan uh, contrast is so much the basis of Star Trek, and and yeah. Into Darkness violates it pretty by by doing what J.J. Abrams. I'm sure thought was a clever reversal of the Spock and Kirk roles from Ugh. Wrath of Khan. Like but, that's a oh, big right, reason. Yeah. But, like, it, that's but it puts it puts it puts Spock yeah. in a position where he's like, 
punching a guy and screaming and you're like and there's already a little bit of that in the first kelvin movie where spock loses his cool i mean but well they know, definitely i mean the kelvin movies really lean into spock being half human and exploring his humanness right i'll, I'll pl- like i'll plug strange new worlds because i think they do it in a different way Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to watch strange new worlds. I haven't watched it yet, but I'd like to, I'm, I'm still working my way through deep space nine. Just watched a uh, hell of a two-parter strange new season, worlds. Mid season four. Um, kind of explores Spock's Vulcan versus human uh, conflict via a love triangle with nurse chapel, which I think is a lot more fun than blowing up Vulcan. <laughs> as a means to explore those yeah. sort of things. Plus I like, you know, you like a little love story, like a little love triangle. Love, love romance love is good. Triangle. People like romance in, regarding into darkness. I'll say that <clears throat> honestly, all they had to do was say, this is Khan's brother and everybody John. would have been fine with it. And then at the end, <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on at the end when they, they could show all the coffins and then they could show something with like the actual con in one of those, uh, I call them coffins, but like the torpedoes where they were being held, they yep. could show the actual con in that one. And it would have been like, oh, okay, cool reference. This is his brother. He's supposed to be smart or this is his cousin, whatever the fuck you want to say. But somebody like related the con, but not the actual con. Uh, then I think people would have been a little better with it. But then they even went over the top with re, re uh, redoing that death scene, which was nowhere near remotely yeah. as good. Um, Chris, you, you did complain earlier that uh, movies have not approached the sound design of the original Star Wars and the sound of Peter Weller's ship in Into Darkness, which is like the USS Vengeance or something goofy like that. Yeah. When it when it well, has I, the hyperspace overtake noise is is yeah. incredible. Yeah. That's a very cool that's a very cool scene. And it's also a little bit I wonder if I don't know if they get into this more and beyond, but like the the idea that the uh Romulan like uh the Nero's ship coming back and being such a violent threat to a young federation spurned them on this path of leaning more into weapons development and fear and like a more aggressive federation is really interesting to me in the mm-hmm. way that there's a TNG crossover episode the was the enterprise of yesterday or something like that where they yesterday's uh, enterprise please show some respect sorry. <laughs> where basically where they run into the the enterprise uh c right uh from like another dimension where they are much more like a warfaring federation right uh and like that was an interesting look even though it was like uh, that felt a little more uh, cartoonish because it was just they had to do it in one episode really quick right um well that's had- that's the greatest episode of star trek ever it had uh you know they brought back tasha yar and they were like here's what she would be like in this area and this like this like moment where she's like you know she could come back to like she could come to the prime timeline right and it was like and and survive right and not go down with her ship right um and and yeah well, e- that, that was cool it's kind of an extension of that though in the kelvin timeline evil evil kinda... evil admiral is a classic trek trope and and a good one. I just and, I just watched a two parter of DS9 with yeah, an evil admiral. Yeah, well, literally just watched um, the one where they kind of introduced the Cardassian um, uh, Federation relationship in Next Generation, where the I can't remember the name of it. It's not the Pegasus; it's a different one. Where the guy 
is taking down Cardassian ships in violation of the treaty. The it's actually an evil oh, captain yeah. role um, uh, episode because He's- because Picard and have have uh, equal rank, which causes a lot of interesting problems. Right, and it's a uh, uh, Mark Alimo plays Gold Ducat is the card. Wait, is that a that's a that's not a DS Nine episode? That's a TNG. That's a TNG episode. Which mm. that's a good episode though. Yeah. And he, he basically like Picard ends up having to like hunt this other captain down. And, like, yeah. Fire above, and it's, right? and it's, it's a like, good, it's a good, um, it's one of the episodes that sets up DS9. Cause it's basically Picard right, at the end yeah. is like, listen, I, I respect our treaty and that's why I've, I've hunted down my own man. Oh, and also it sets up O'Brien's relationship with the Cardassians, um, which is a big part of DS9. Um, they start talking about his like time in the war. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he served with that captain. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and yeah. Uh, Picard has a you know a nice little Picard speech at the end where he's like you know I did this because I had to but I I know you guys are doing the thing he said you were and we're gonna get you. I fucking love a little Picard speech. Love when he <laughs> love when he. I wish he had a little Picard soapbox he'd get on. I love it. Love it. So, so is Into much. Darkness was that your favorite movie or are you just addressing it? No, I'm just talking about it. It's just uh, it's just a it's just a movie I like and I know that the common wisdom among Trek fans is that they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me tell you, I, uh, are you sitting down, Chris? Oh God. I've never seen Star Trek two, the wrath of Khan. Oh my God. This is horrible. I hadn't either when I saw in the darkness and, and that really helps yeah. enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, but, but importantly, I have no nostalgia or reverence for the original series. Or for Khan as a character, like I don't care. Like, I have, oh, he means yeah, nothing okay. to me, right? So, like, I'm able to. I think I'm able a to lot approach people, your point. I'm able to approach Into Darkness through a different lens than you were able to approach Into Darkness because, like, if the main thing you didn't like was that his name was Khan and you have all this history with Khan, like, take that away and you suddenly like the movie. The Khan, the Khan, and the the Khan and the death scene that didn't die. Those are the sure. two that just you didn't like it out. because he didn't actually die, or you didn't like it because it, mo- like a, it, 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 it feel like it almost inversion. it mocks the original. Like why have it? It's it, yeah. It, once you once you we we can redo this discussion when Pete's in Wrath of Khan because it it comes off as a parody. Do I yeah. have to? Yeah. yeah. Do I have to watch the whole original series before I start watching the original? No, series? just just watch. Um, well, you can just watch Space Space Seed, the episode that introduces Khan from the original series, and then go watch Wrath of Khan because it's just a sequel to that one episode. And and, well, you, I, and it's I not even watch a the, uh, motion picture too. I haven't seen. But yeah, you, you, you the motion watch picture. The... I think you'd be okay watching it without the show, but it definitely helps to watch the show because the motion picture. Well, there's that new 4K one on Paramount. Well, they took it down. <laughs> what the fuck? Why? And so they can probably sell a Blu-ray soon. I didn't watch it in time, but. Um, yeah, I, I think um, the motion picture is about the relationship of the characters. So if you don't, but I, I think through cultural osmosis, you probably know enough about the relationship to get what they're going. Uh, yeah, no. Well, I mean, and I've seen, I've seen the J.J. Abrams verse. So like, I'm familiar with the names of the characters. Yeah, it's. it's I would watch some of the classic. Uh, Maybe I could find like a watch list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure that I'm sure there's a hefty skip list for the original series. Well, there's not many episodes. Yeah. Isn't like 60 episodes? Uh, Yeah, but it's just three seasons compared to like 175 episodes of TNG. You don't need to watch all of them. I'd watch a couple, watch the motion picture and then 
see Rathacon and you'll, yeah, you, you'll be fine. you don't have to watch like uh, I, season I three. <laughs> <laughs> I started watching that uh, that Bashir James Bond episode of DS9 today, and then I was like, it was like two seconds into it, I'm like, do I need to pay attention to this? And then I googled the, like a uh, a watch list for season four of DS9, and they're like, just for fun, you could watch it, and they're like, it's not really that important. So oh, definitely, definitely unimportant. But but I would argue not worth skipping because no, it was it, good. I liked it. It it hides a um a somewhat significant plot point in it for a joke, which is uh, it's the episode where Bashir act, or I mean not Bashir, uh, Garrick actually admits he was a spy. <laughs> yes, yes. Spoiler yeah. alert: He's like so. He's like so put off by by <laughs> James Bond, Bond, the James Bond archetype. He was like, "This he's like an awful spy, like a terrible intelligence agent." Oh, uh, uh, they even he, have a fight. Do you know that they got in trouble for that episode? No, why? the James Bond people came after them. They were gonna do they were gonna oh. do sequels, and they uh, that's funny. They kind of they got low key threatened with a lawsuit. They I think they should have gone. They should have gone back to Dixon Hill. Yeah. No, I, th- I think I think they I think they played out Dixon Hill in TNG. That's uh, more than enough. And they do the they do the they do that scene in uh, First Contact where they go into his book. Oh, that's a great. They, I mean, not even Dixon that's Hill. It's just like doing a holodeck chase is a fun idea. I love holodeck stuff. I'll tell you um, one thing. My the worst one to me, Sam, is not the motion picture. I think it's. I think it's the, the one directed by uh, Shatner, The Final Frontier. Yeah, I can understand if you think the motion picture is boring, but it's definitely not the worst movie. Yeah, of the group. It's definitely not. The some worst one. some of the later ones are real crap. Like like the uh, Nemesis is terrible. The TNG ones were yeah. Nemesis TNG, and, the TNG yeah. movies are like are, and we can Money take crap. First Contact out of the list because because there's stuff mm-hmm. I like about it, but. Well, I love I mean, well, contact. compared to is the show. Generations a first contact movie. I mean, is Generations a next generation movie. I feel like it is. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It, but it's bad, I, yeah. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. Well, I don't know. It was fine. Beyond was, when you watch it, I, I felt like it was cool, and then some of it I was just like, all right, this is like they're trying to do Fast and the Furious, and you know, it's stupid. But I'll we'll let's see what you say. But you're saying because uh, the director, right? Is a fast yeah, Jesus, some of the special effects stuff. I was just like, all right, come on, now. you don't. Yeah, I, you I, know. you know, Beyond is a movie that people liked because it gets back to the OG character dynamics with a lot of the characters, but it mm-hmm. does have a very. It's that Beyond's almost a movie that suffers in hindsight because of the Marvel movies because it's so formulaic blockbuster. Oh, is is it? Does it does it carry that Marvel juice in it? Because it just has that like third act CGI proliferation. That's yeah. and here I am using CGI as a pejorative, but I think you know what I mean. Just like that in well, yeah, third- like um, I, so I I I I have not kept up closely with the MCU, but I did watch some of the shows, and I watched uh, Wandavision. Did you watch Wandavision? Love. Sam? Love. I have only watched She-Hulk of the shows. Oh, all right. I, have, I haven't watched She-Hulk yet. But uh, WandaVision, I liked, I really loved the first five out of six episodes. And the sixth episode is just a big Marvel shooting lasers battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did not care for is it. Is that the final episodes. one, the sixth one? I don't remember. It was the, the last one, the one, the one where they have the big witch battle and then Vision fights himself. Can I? Um, if can it's I just the say, finale, uh, then I agree with you. I felt like can I just the last say one was just really quickly about She-Hulk because it's funny to me. Yeah. Is that like it's one of these shows where it's 
it's being like lumped in with the review bombing and all that, like, you know, the sexist mm. criticism, like of the Lord of the Rings show. Right. The Lord of the Rings show is enthralling. Like visually, it's unbelievable. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm into it and I'm not even a Lord of the Rings guy. And She-Hulk yeah. is really bad. <laughs> the bad and CGI. It, it, well, the CGI is distracting in a very upsetting way. And I also think yeah. the show is just terrible um, because they're doing uh, like, they're trying to do like, Harvey Birdman for the MCU, which I would love, but they're not really pulling it off. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep watching it because it's. I'm just kind of like I'm just kind of fascinated by the that they're they're trying to do a comedy, and mm-hmm. and I think it could get better, and I do think a lot of the criticism is just like nonsense. But also, I think it's it's so hard to talk about this stuff now because it's like, it's like I have yeah, to yeah, disclaim yeah. You... I hate it because it's bad, not because I hate women. <laughs> you know, it's like right, right, right. Um, no, listen, we know you love women. It's fine. <laughs> noted, a... noted woman fans. Yes, noted, noted. Sam is pro estrogen. Well, it's it's well, like people. There's a post credit scene where it's like. Uh, she dances with Megan the stallion and people were like, look what's happened to the MCU. And it's like, God, can you imagine being precious about the like seriousness MC- of the MCU? MCU went woke. Well, also yeah. just like the idea that the MCU was like this, uh, Zack Snyder esque, uh, you know, oh, man. Well, I like Zack Snyder. I, I'm also a Snyder defender, but you know, Oh, big zaddy fan. Come but, on. This but, is a zaddy. We're, a Z- we're zads. But then the, <laughs> The, but the idea that the MCU was ever not just like bad jokes, you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, the MCU was so serious until there was twerking. Yes, they forget. Oh, it's, it's yeah, still a like comic book. Yeah. It's yeah, a ever, comic book and, well, and you know. and but MCU like like you know quippy dialogue like Joss Whedon stuff is the template here. It's not like yeah, well, like um, the first Iron Man has Robert Downey Jr. like quipping with his robot arm that like sprays him down when his like flight yeah, test yeah. and that's and that's one of the oh, most like, it. like grounded yeah. normal mcu movies in hindsight you know? right but i'm saying but that was the first one yeah, yeah. so from the jump yeah they have been that style of action comedy mix where they really lean into like you know, this is completely unnatural for people in this serious situation to be saying this sort of right, stuff. Right, right. Like, it's like they actually pause to have, like, comedic exposition. Right? She-Hulk breaks the fourth wall, like, in the comics. And I actually oh, really? think it works because the actress is naturally pretty funny. She's good. Yeah. It's just it's just the other stuff. <laughs> also, well, this, the CGI just doesn't, it just does not work as a special effect for me on, like, a, a like a my mind is rejecting it level. Oh sure. I feel like I feel like I've gotten finally mostly past the CGI, but then sometimes it's exactly what you said. I'm like, man, the CGI sucks in her. But I actually enjoyed the show. But man, the last one stunk. It was the the fourth one, I guess, the very last one that yeah, came that's, out. Yeah, that that's one and that's twenty five percent of the show so far. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. And the first one was like her training with the Hulk, and I was like. All right, you know it's boring, but you know whatever. They're just like setting up the story, so mm-hmm. I've, I've been pretty bored through half of the show. And the other, there's something tonally off about this show, and I can't put my finger on it. Where it's like, um, 
You ever watch Boston All Legal? About the show or about like the entire MCU? No, no, the show. The MCU, I hate the tone, but they execute it well. This, I don't get what the tone is supposed to be, if you get what Oh, I'm I see, I see. I get um, what Because I don't know if you ever watch like Boston Legal. Um, it's like it's, yeah. it's like it's trying to be one of those like David E. Kelly law procedurals with like wisecracking lawyers, but it's like, it doesn't. Anyway, we're way I, off course here, but I, I know. But I think real there quick, no to end the She-Hulk talk. I guess <laughs> I think there was literally an interview where the person said, "This is not their strength. That they don't know how to write or whatever it was direct, whatever it was like law law room tactics and so forth." So I mean, and I guess it's showing. They should well, have gotten they uh, get they Ryan. Gotten, uh, Ryan, yeah, <laughs> friend of the podcast, Ryan. There you you go. Who keeps dodging us? He won't show up. He won't come on. Oh, that's smart. He's smart. That's true. So you got to get Joaquin on here. There we Joaquin go. wants to come on, and I want Joaquin on here. I just um, we're gonna get him. Yeah, one of these days. Uh, Evil Chris, you're in charge of guests. Yeah, come on hey, you're our booker. You're a booker. No, gonna... hey, listen. If we can, if we can be real for a second, Chris is. You are phenomenal at grabbing people. To come on the podcast, like I, I would never, like, just cold message someone, be like, "Hey, do you want to come on our podcast?" But you're just like, <laughs> "Fucking, let's go!" You're like, you like texting me, like, "Yeah, hey, Crispy's gonna pop in." I'm like, "Oh shit, all right, cool." And you're like, "Kjoff's <laughs> coming on tonight." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Well, you can see what Chris could be good at that. Like, he could work for Jimmy Fallon because he has I, the right I'm saying, mix. I of, see him being good at it. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got the he's got the right it. mix of um, he's personable but shameless. You know, yes, shameless and personable, hmm. uh, shallow and pedantic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's agreeable. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I mean, listen, if evil Chris asked me to be on a podcast, I'd say yes. And here we are. Thirty four. Well, episodes in. The, the thing is, Chris knows this is that if he asked me to be on a podcast, I would ignore him for a while. But eventually well, he would get me. It, it, and that's and that's it, the, the evil Chris difference. Sam is like, like you know how, how they say when you're trying to break a rock and it doesn't work, and the, they slowly drip the water on the rock and eventually get soft and break. Do they Sam say that? It's not like a saying. Is, yeah. So uh, I'm negging you, little how Chris. The, a little how the sausage is made is we have a, a group chat, which is um, 90% podcast, and I'd say 10% Chris sending us weird shit he finds on the internet. Um, but, uh, it's, it, it's a great, it's really great for me to see this because I can see Sam ignore someone else too. So I can, <laughs> I can convince myself he doesn't hate me. <laughs> and so I'm like, Hey, check this out. And he just doesn't answer me. My dream is to have like a flip phone with a phone number that's nobody knows. And it's not cause I don't want to hear from you. It's just... I'm going to stop right there. It really sounds like it's because you don't want to hear from us. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the last uh, podcast with Sam. No, no, no. It's no, not no, that. No. It's just I have a very sick sense of humor. <laughs> and I think it'd be really funny to have a to have a flip phone that people like it bounces back half their text messages because people you text say you're you flipping them off so that's much. That's, yeah, that's pretty good, Chris. Um, you know, away. Sam, they make smartphones that flip and fold now. They look stupid as shit. Yeah, but like, that's yeah. that's the opposite of what I'm trying. I'm trying to do. I want a phone that just doesn't work. It doesn't necessarily you have to like flip. 
You want like a Motorola Razor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've really been looking into this lately, but I I genuinely don't know because people text so much, like or just iMessage is so fundamental yeah, so, now that I don't know yeah, how I would it would it would it would bust on stuff like uh group MMS, but not in the way you want. It would still get delivered to you. No, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm worried about. Is it getting a thousand Um, texts out of context to us flip phone? I I super liberally like mute group chats I'm part of. Like almost nothing actually sends me a notification. Right? Uh, Like my wife texting me. I have a group chat with my wife and her two sisters and they can get through a brother it's kind of it really if you tag me on discord i'll get that too like if someone like ats me on discord i'll usually get it. for select servers not even every server i'm horrible right? so like I, discord i definitely i mute stuff all the time right um no offense to our podcast chat but it is it is muted so i'll see it when i open my phone and check but it will never like hit my watch and be like hey you got a new message yeah let me let me clarify something so it sounds less <laughs> bad because yeah, yeah. and, and I, I'm saying this to John DiMaggio on the off chance he's listening to, which is that <laughs> I'm not ignoring you guys' text messages. Well, Chris, a little bit, but I I'm ignoring another friend's text messages. And Pete's met this guy, and uh, he just texts me a lot, and I like to catch up on all of them at once. Basically, like I leave my phone on Do Not Disturb, and then I read all my texts at three in the morning. And, oh God! Uh, you know, some of them get through to me, and. Uh, Listen, I, I'm going to have to get more information offline because this is incredible. <laughs> Let, well, it's incredible, incredible Sam Page lore. A, a, a friend who you've met, I, I gave a speech at his wedding and every speech at his wedding was about how often he texts us. And so it was like a, it was like we were all comparing notes on a guy we were all spying on. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm protecting his identity, but. Uh, so, so basically you don't want to hear from Matthew anymore. We got it. Matthew, no, no. See, no. It's not even that I don't want to hear from this friend. It's just that if I kept the noise on my phone, the frequency would, yeah, yeah. would just be like ding, oh, ding, yeah. ding, ding. You know. Yeah, uh, and Matthew texts an appropriate amount. He's great. Shout out to Matthew. <laughs> I never hear from you him. Love so, that guy. Yeah. Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> guy. Uh, Matthew sent us his. Uh, he sent me and Pete this uh, like instant message he had with a coworker today, and I was laughing at it because. The guy was like, I could hear him say, I could hear yeah, him the, say. the guy, well, the guy at one point says like, Hey man, you better lay off the coffee. And I don't even know what they were talking about, but then I just saw Matthew replied, I don't drink coffee. Which is incredible. And, and, the, and he knows exactly he, he's, oh God. Cause I could see his little grin when I read that. Yeah. Like just, oh, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I, to me, the funniest part was that he took a picture of his computer screen instead of screenshotting it. Yeah, that was kind of hard to read. <laughs> it super was. Very glare heavy. Oh, oh man. Cool. What other sci-fi do we want to talk about? I don't Science, know. That. Scientific fiction. <sighs> I wanted to tell you, I wanted to pitch you guys on reading uh, reading yeah, the books. short yeah. story collection. One of the short stories that inspire that the Arrival is based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's by Ted Chang. And it's called Stories of Your Life and Others. And I, I found that to be an extremely affecting short story collection. Have either of you read it? Is the first Ted Chang. I'm gonna Chang, uh, C-H-I-A-N-G. I mean, I haven't read it, but I wanna, I'm writing this down that way I know. No, I know. I was telling you how to spell it, so you're writing it correctly. 
Um, Sam, have you read anything? Any of these? Or I, read, I have read the not, short story of Arrivals based on. I was reading. I know. What, I know what you're talking about because I I love the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a Denis Villeneuve movie, right? Um, uh, or Villeneuve. Yes. Sorry, I fucked fucked his name up yeah. totally. Um, yeah. Uh, huh. De- you mean Dennis Denny, Villeneuve? Denny. Yeah, I said Villeneuve. I tried to make him uh, not Quebec. Ugh. Put a suave uh, uh, tone on that. Villeneuve or something like that. I, apologize, I apologize to Denny. Um, Denny's one of our followers. You you just pissed him off. It's true. We do have uh, we do have a small listenership in Canada. Well, mm-hmm. I, I apologize to them too. Uh, go Habs, go to all, to all Canadians. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Frequently, so this is the official Yaxby apology to Canada segment. <laughs> Um, Not to be mistaken for the, the the browser thing, whatever. Now I've been reading. I've been reading a different uh, collection of sci-fi stories by. Uh, oh God, I'm gonna botch another French-sounding name. Ursula K. Le Guin. Oh, Le Guin. Yeah. yeah Le Guin. What's, what, what? Yeah. I mean, I've always said Ursula K. Le Guin. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, what I just. By her? I just. Well, I just finished the. Uh, uh, what's that? Her, her left hand of darkness. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, her yeah, yeah. Most famous novel, and now I have uh, yes. The what are these called? Well, ones on my desk. These Library of America editions with the black covers with the red stripe of a bunch of her stories mm. that are also set in that universe. So yeah, that's a th- and There's, that's a um, those, these stories are very um, Star Trek influenced, and then subsequently influenced future star trek so there's kind of a circular yeah. relationship i don't know have you is 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 uh the only short story i've read by her is um the ones who walk from omelas have you is that in that collection have you read that maybe i haven't read that one yet but. yeah it's uh it, it's 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 very short and it's very like you know uh, she's a thinker she makes you think you see um, yeah and they're and, it and definitely, they're it definitely is one of those where it's like the nature of society yeah. and the nature of uh you know what it is what it means to be a good member of society and you know can you sacrifice what it needs to be sacrificed to achieve like a utopia right? yeah and then the what would you do to if it meant utopia for almost everybody the world building is the point for a lot of the stuff yeah. and part of the trek influence uh that goes both ways is she at least in the left hand of darkness and the subsequent books is that in that universe it's a lot of like humans meeting humanoid species that are like you know them with one exaggerated right. characteristic um right so it's it's very trekky in that way i'm into it you guys read doing it all or any of the dune series oh yeah so i never i watched the i watched the dune movie which was truthfully my first experience with dune and i started reading uh, the first book um, on vacation. I only read a couple chapters of it, honestly. Uh, I haven't gotten too deep into it. It's hard to, for me, it's hard to focus on if there's any other distractions around. That's a hard read. Um, the language is... Yeah. Little, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily find... It is, it's dense. Like There's just like a lot happening. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't find it similar to like some of like Tolkien. I consider a really hard read. I feel like the language in Tolkien is some kind of tough to read. Yeah, I can't get into um, that stuff. But um, it's tough. But, but I love yeah, Dune. So like, I love I, Dune, and I'm, I need to yeah. reread the books before the movies start to get deeper into the story. Yeah, I only yeah, read the I, first one. I never read the other ones, but I loved it. And then I, I, I never liked the 
first movie that came out. I never liked the TV series that came out. And then when I heard um, this guy was doing the the recent movie, I went bonkers and I just loved. Did it. you 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 did you did see that latest movie and you liked it? Yeah, I beyond yeah. loved that movie. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, translate going in not not knowing anything about the book. I have since gone back and watched. There's a YouTube guy I, I like. Oh boy. Uh, uh, Alt Alt Shift X, I think his his handle is. Have you seen anything by him, Sam? That sounds familiar. I, I I'm not a YouTube video essay guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the video I I listen to a lot of it. Uh, and it, you know this is kind of like while I work or whatever. Um, he gets into he does like a, a brief overview of the book versus the movie Dune, and then he does a brief. These are like 20, 25 minutes a piece, right? And then he does a bit of like overall the whole Dune series, and he does a really good job breaking it down. He's like a he's a good uh, good video essayist on the internet. So I I like those, and that really got me. That really helped me understand a lot of context for what was happening in the Dune movie. Um, mm-hmm. So my best friend is like a Dune super fan. He fucking loves Dune. Um, but I just, I never read it. And I think I, I didn't read the other ones also because I, I kept hearing from other people that the first one was the best one. I was like, ah, all right, let me just, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you mean the Dune books? Out of the Dune series. Yeah, I only read the first well, book. Well, the, the interesting thing is the first book is kind of a, um, you know, proto Star Wars hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, you know, little tale about, mm-hmm. oh, he's the Messiah. And then a lot of the subsequent books are kind of more rewarding because they're building out the world and co- complicating what is ultimately <laughs> a bad thing, you know, kind mm-hmm. you know, Paul's ascension and, and, yeah. A lot of people were like, you know, criticizing the first Dune movie where it's like, because uh, they're like, oh, Timothy Chevrolet is playing a white savior character. And then it's like, well, <laughs> so, you got to you got to wait for the you know, that's not where the story's headed. Like Herbert is actually taking a critical stance, but it just, you know, mm-hmm. you got to wait. for. And also like uh, yeah. some of the interesting descriptions yeah. of the other planets, also uh, the the subsequent books get more into the character of Alia to whom I am married. Mm, I got to check it out. <laughs> well, the, this, this YouTube video essay has talked a lot about how uh, in the book, there's a lot of like internal conflict that Paul feels about the whole idea of him leading this like religious fanaticism. Right? He like is not comfortable with the idea and does not want it and does not see it as good, right? And the book doesn't view it as favorably either. Um, yeah. The whole thing seems all right. But guys, I think it's time to wrap it up. Wrap it up, baby. Wrap, wrap it up. It, wrap it up. It's getting late. It's getting late around these parts. We got a lot of podcasts to bore people with. No, I'm just kidding. You guys aren't boring. You're thrilling. <laughs> <sighs> Sam, the meth lost, right? Yeah. Let's see what the players right. are doing. We need a complete and at least update at the end of every podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's get let's get the baseball roundup. Sam, uh, the Braves are losing to the Giants two nothing as of recording this podcast. This this right, result will be old. 
This uh, this could be important for us. All right. <laughs> this has been yet another sci-fi rambling podcast. I am your host every week, Pete Lambro, joined by Chris Daniel and Sam Page. Thanks, guys, for coming on. I had a great time, and I hope you did too. And we will see you next week. Bye.